in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Hula! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. 
keep it You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret But you're not the only one Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun Now your healing has begun It's Bad With Money with Gabby Dunn Hello and welcome to this week's Bad With Money mailbag episode I'm Gabby Dunn This week I'm joined by Mal Blum To react and respond to your messages and emails That's right, musician Mal Blum Mal's been playing with the glockenspiel the last few episodes, and people seem to really enjoy it. It's good. It's a soothing sound. Yeah, it sounds like someone said it sounds like you magically appeared. In a way, I did. In a way, we all did. This is why you're on this show, honestly, (laughs) comments like that. Okay, so we have a mailbag episode prepared, but I want to talk, after we go through you guys' stuff, I want to talk about my time at BuzzFeed because oh, BuzzFeed no. has been in the news. BuzzFeed is trending. Oh, here we go. Everyone wants to ask me about it. TikTok exploded. Mal had an incredible idea, which is I that did. we should make a documentary about um, right. the time at BuzzFeed, all of the Lulu Rich documentary, which I think is an incredible idea, Mal. Thank you so much. But- so excited. This is how I get my first producer credit in Hollywood. Someone reached out. <laughs> I'm not you joking. Know, you know why this is perfect to talk about? The, I did not know we were going to be talking about this. This is my favorite thing is that I never know what we're going to be talking about. But it's perfect because I didn't – I wasn't a BuzzFeed person. I didn't watch BuzzFeed. So I've only learned about this um, like dystopian uh, capitalist hellscape from you <laughs> – and other people who worked there, but like I never was like a viewer. So, yeah. you know. So this will be good. Maybe you'll ask me some questions that like someone who doesn't know anything about it would ask and then I'll, I'll answer them. Okay. On today's show, I'm going to read a lovely email from an anonymous straight white male ally. A long email from Kaz about disability, which explains anything you could ever want to know about all the acronyms associated with it, plus a voicemail from Rachel about capitalism. And then in the second half of the show, someone had advice for Mal's neck spasms. Former guest Stephanie Lee of our boring episode writes in to challenge our Dave Ramsey episode and a very funny five-star Apple review. Okay. So our first email says... Hello, Gabby, and possibly Mal. I'm here. Yes. I've been listening to your podcast on the day it drops since I heard you on Depression Mode. Yes, Depression Mode's a good podcast. Okay. To be honest, I don't listen to it for the money advice. My wife handles that in our house. I listen because I love how you lift up LGBTQ voices. My daughter and brother are both gay, and while I love them and support them completely, every time I mention something adjacent to the LGBTQ culture, I use the wrong word or pronoun. Mm. Listening to you and Mal is helping me have the accent of an ally instead of talking like a white guy from the rural South. I've got a long way to go, and please know if I say something wrong, it is out of well-meaning ignorance. I would prefer to be anonymous. My daughter is not all the way out. Is that Mm. still called in the closet? Thanks. Keep up the good work. (laughs) Well, I have a note for you. This is a perfect learning. This is a perfect learning opportunity. Yeah. Dear anonymous white guy from the rural South well-meaning ally. I want you to know that there are gay white guys from the rural South. Yeah. <laughs> being, a white, being a white guy from the rural South does not preclude you being gay. It's a, sep- it's a separate thing, believe it or not. So there's another fun thing to put in your pocket for today. Can I just say that this is a great outlook and way to be because we've had people who write into this show and then I give them like a little pushback and they're so fucking pissed off at me. Um, that they write um, reviews of the show about how they're pissed at me. So uh, honestly, thank really? you, anonymous white guy. 
I don't Are they pissed at me? It. No, just at me. They've never been pissed at me? Even that one gay landlord so. who I was being mean to? No, actually, in an upcoming mailbag, spoiler, oh my god, everyone, we record these in bulk sometimes. Uh, in an upcoming mailbag, someone is annoyed at you for uh, hating no. tech jobs. <laughs> no. Yeah, not in a real way, but they just are mad that you hate tech jobs. I don't tune hate tech jobs. Tune in next week to find out what that's actually about. <clears throat> okay, here's an email from Kate about your neck spasms. My P-Doc prescribed me gabapentin 300 milligram as like the millionth thing I've tried to help my anxiety. It had the spectacular side effect of reducing my neck pain and migraines and teeth grinding significantly mm. and improved my sleep significantly. Mm. Like I haven't had a bedridden level pain day in one or two months. And that's probably the first time I've been able to say that in the past five years. I have neck pain and spasms from a neck injury. Thanks, headstands. And it's aggravated by extreme chronic tension. Thanks, PTSD. And teeth clenching and tongue thrusting. And all of the above combined into chronic migraine. Anyhow, gabapentin is actually an anticonvulsant. My impression is that it's a very safe medication with minimal side effects. I just only take it at night because I'm super sensitive to anything drowsiness inducing. Can't even take cough syrup. So even 100 milligrams made me a little too disoriented for daytime. But the doctor was surprised by that, so I think that most people don't have any issue. Also, I've been relying on clonopin, 0.25 milligrams, and melatonin and edibles to sleep. Usually two of those. Now I sleep better and feel well-rested, and I only sometimes take any of those. Hope you feel better soon, Mal. Kate. Thanks. And then the headline was Mal's neck spasms, which made me laugh as I clicked it. Thank you, Kate. Actually, by the time we recorded this, my neck sp spasm has subsided. I'm in good spirits today, but I already yeah. take too many medications, I think. I'm already on too many medications. <sighs> yeah. Um, I also take clonopin. <laughs> hey. And I used, to, um, I used to be on gabapentin. They put me on gabapentin for a while, but okay, this is going to sound like I'm making this up, but it made my legs Beans itch. is on gabapentin. Beans, is on, Beans was on gabapentin as well. I forgot about that. Yeah, Beans also took gabapentin. Yeah, it made my legs itchy. Like it gave me a rash. That so, happens sometimes like, you know, opioids can make you itchy too. Yeah, but then the doctor was sort of like, that's not really a side effect of gabapentin. And I was like, well, it is happening. So well, maybe it, it's like a, a, you know, what do they call it? Correlation, not causation. causation. Not cor yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Because when I stopped taking the gabapentin, suddenly legs not itchy. So Every um, day you're like, I'm itchy. Uh, no, only if I get like 20 bug bites in a row, which happens to me for some reason. My mom <laughs> says I have sweet blood, but I think maybe it's just like I eat too much candy. Well, that's because your mom's a vampire. And we've talked about this. Just an and emotional one. <gasps> okay. All right. Oh, so <laughs> damn. You're going to cut that. <laughs> I won't. She I don't knows. <gasps> okay. That's your okay. mother. That Ooh. is your – I am your mother. I okay. am your mother. Okay. This is from Eva. How to support you outside of Apple Podcasts plus impact of downloads versus listening the day of. Hi, Gabby and maybe Mal. I've been listening to Bad With Money since 2016, and the episode with Tori, Takedown of Ramsey, was so amazing that it finally pushed me to wanting to leave a five-star Apple review. Woo. Unfortunately, I don't have an Apple ID, so I couldn't leave a review, which mm. sucks. Is there another way to support the pod? I listened on Spotify and did leave a five-star review there, but there's no comment function, so I couldn't leave real feedback. Also, as I'm sure most of us listeners do, I try to listen on the day the episodes drop, but it's not always possible. However, I always download the episodes to save data in case I have no reception. Mm. And recently on another podcast, the host said that that helps too. He's a cis straight white man though, so I'd rather have the confirmation from a more trustworthy source, aka you. Any mm. chance you have any idea whether downloading helps or maybe a listener knows? Thanks either way. Best, Eva. 
P.S. The mailbags have become one of my favorite parts because they give us listeners an opportunity to talk to you and one another. Also, I love that you're reading all opinions, even if they're different from yours. And the pop media takedowns are great. Most of my university studies were on how media production subconsciously influence, one might say indoctrinate, people and it's insane. So glad you're looking at the money and other intersectional aspects of that. Thanks, Eva. Yes, downloads do count. Downloads really do help. Uh, please download. In fact, if you can't listen day of, just download day of. That's very helpful. Also, yes, you can leave a five-star review on Spotify. You can also just, why don't you just take the show and just text it to 10 people? 10 you know people? Mean? Just text it to 10 people and say, listen to this. Wow. That's how you, you know what my friends love. What? What? Ho- homework. No, it's saying, I think you would like this. And <laughs> no, you, I know. Um, and I'm thinking of you. Yes. Yeah. No, honestly, being, being, what I've learned is that being an adult with friends means giving them homework. It's like, here, watch this TikTok video if you want to connect with me emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Here's an email from maybe one of my favorite people who Uh is Stephanie Lee. Dear Gabby, Stephanie in Brooklyn here of Frequently Taxed Questions. Stephanie, you were literally a guest on this show. I know who you are. <laughs> she always says Stephanie in Brooklyn. And I'm like, yes, I know you. Well, that's because anyway, she's a branding expert. Truly. Bob yeah. Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Uh, frequently Taxed Questions. Stephanie. Okay. Weighing in with my hot take on your Dave Ramsey hot take. I'll set aside culture, religion, and politics. You can't. There is a major Ramsey financial... Cri- <laughs> I know you can't, but Stephanie can. There is a major Ramsey financial critique your episode missed, which Mm. is the false statements he makes about investment costs and index funds. Maybe he only peddles this BS on his radio show and not in the particular book you dissected. Mm. You critiqued his family real estate business as a conflict of interest in telling people to pay off their mortgages. It doesn't bother me because owning a home genuinely does help people build wealth. Paying off a mortgage is often a good idea, especially before retirement. Ramsey's much larger conflict of interest is how he poo-poos the high cost of actively managed mutual funds and steers people to financial advisors who sell high-fee actively managed funds and pay referral fees to Ramsey. It's wrong. Index funds are lower cost and typically outperform, as I said when I came on Bad With Money. Regarding paying off debt, Tory said it's a bad idea for someone to pay off debt with interest rates below 8% or so because they would make more investing in the stock market. Tori ignores both risk and taxes, which may indicate different approaches for different people. Let's say someone has debt with a 6% interest rate. If they pay off their debt, that's a guaranteed after-tax return of 6%. If they invest in stocks and on average earns a pre-tax return of 9%, they may only take home 6% after paying federal, state, and local income taxes. The math defers for tax-advantaged accounts, but Tori did not acknowledge this. Stock market returns vary a lot from year to year. Some years have negative returns. If you don't have family to backstop you, you might be quite rational to take less risk than someone with that family financial safety net. As always, personal finance is personal. Love from Brooklyn, Stephanie. I think Tori didn't say this, but um, on her uh, media and stuff, she talks a lot about HSAs. So she does actually talk about um, investing in tax-advantaged accounts. And I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that's kind of what she meant, but she just didn't specify. Anyway, um, yeah, Stephanie. That's yeah. very, it's very, um, Measured, it's good. Fair. It's good. It's good. She wrote in. Um, also, I don't have the attention span for this. All what the is do- it? Tell me. 
No, I just I, I, all the dopamine left my brain while you were while you were discussing that, and I didn't understand any of it. And like now, I feel like I need a piece of candy or something because of the because... just a lot of terms that I'm just like slowly sinking into, like falling asleep. It's she's oh my god! Basically, she's saying that she's saying that he steers people to using financial advisors and then they pay fees to him. Stephanie is very into index funds and is like, just go with the market. You will outperform. It's uh, doing individual stock trading. She doesn't think is worth doing. Yeah, Um, I knew knew that. I knew that. Yeah. And then um, she also was saying here that uh, if you make money on stocks, which sometimes people do, you only take home 6% because of, of taxes. But there are tax advantage accounts, so um, that's okay. probably what Tori meant, but it's I don't know. It's happening again. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> fi- Jesus Christ. You're like, the, you're like truly a listener. <laughs> you're like 100% a listener. No, because if I was a listener, I could hit that little like 15 seconds. <laughs> oh, my God. You asshole. <laughs> I'm just teasing. You know I'm teasing you. I love you. Oh, my God. Okay, whatever. I'm going to play a, a voicemail from Rachel. Hey, Gabby. My name's Rachel, um, and I really enjoy your podcast. I don't agree with you on some stuff, um, but I mean, I guess I feel like I'm kind of a capitalist because um, me and my partner own a landscaping business. We built it from the ground up, um, and it's hard not to see that side. Of course, we, we do try to treat our employees really well offer the full-time people benefits, even though uh, there have been some very lean months for sure. Um, But I do really enjoy hearing the other side of things. I just listened to your episode about reparations and I really didn't know anything about it, you know, and um, having your guests on, that was so enlightening. And I, right now I'm like totally for it. I guess it's something I wouldn't have thought about before. Uh, or even, you know, the first thing everyone thinks of is like, oh, our taxes are going up. That's where it's going to come from. And like you said, that's a fundamental misunderstanding of how the government works. So, um, yeah, thank you for enlightening me about that. And I really appreciate it. Thanks again. Bye. Okay. She like is a bit more of a capitalist than me. What are you anti-landscaping or what? Yeah, I hate landscaping. Topiaries, get out of here. What you don't even. Why are what you is making a, a? Why are you making uh, leaves look like a giraffe? No one wants that. Okay. Um. What <laughs> What is she referring to? Like, what did you say that she doesn't agree with? I think I'm just like more socialist. I'm not really sure, but yeah. Thank you. Except that I guess I am anti-topiary. Am I saying that right? Topiary. I think so. Horticulture. I hate horticulture. What the hell is horticulture? Like gardening. What? Isn't that just horticulture? Look it up. Doesn't that just mean like plants? Horticulture. Isn't that all plants? Keep saying it. Horticulture. You know what's you know, who was I talking to? Somebody where I said that the name Chlorine is actually a really pretty name for a girl. What? Chlorine. Oh no. Wouldn't you if you didn't know what it was, wouldn't you be like, ooh, chlorine? No. She sounds fancy. No, I would not. All right, whatever. You're wrong. She sounds like she um French. Oh, I was going to say she sounds like she like lives in South Florida. And um You okay, if you didn't know what chlorine was, if you just heard the word, you would think that's a pretty name. I don't think so. Okay, whatever.
Okay, this is a really, really long email. I'm going to try to cut it down a little, but let's see. This is an email from Kaz. Hi, Gabby and Mal. Wow, I'm not sure where to start. I guess a good place is by stating that I can't give more specific personal details than what I provide in this email. If I were to do so and you or someone shared that sort of information, that would put me at risk of losing benefits and of being forced to repay previously received benefits. It deemed that I wasn't eligible for those benefits when I received them. Because as one of your writers on September 23rd's mailbag mentioned, something as seemingly harmless as writing a long, detailed, and precise email can be considered evidence that I am not disabled. Right. Woof. Okay. I know what I'm sending is very long and that as such, there's a good chance you won't read it or may only skim it. But I think it's important to include all of this as none of your podcast episodes for Bad With Money have truly covered the complexities of state-enforced poverty and lack of access to care for rare and complex medical conditions. So then there's all these abbreviations that Kaz gets into. If we need to, I'll go back to them. But um, Kaz writes... Regarding the question posed by September 23rd's mailbag, does the U.S. offer a program where a disabled person's carer can get paid by the state? The short answer is yes, sort of, but it depends. The disabled person must be eligible for Medicaid and approved for in-home assistance by Medicaid, either by Medicaid's home and community-based services waiver or through a state's Medicaid plan. These care plans have different names in each state. The eligibility requirements between HCBS and a state Medicaid plan are different. To be eligible for HCBS, Medicaid must deem that the disabled person requires a nursing facility level of care. There is generally no waiting list for HCBS, just a lot of paperwork. State Medicaid plans do not require the disabled person to require NFLOC, but there's almost always a waiting list for state-provided in-home care. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen... I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know. You've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. 
Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top-rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash bad money for your extended 30-day free trial. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Additionally, the responsibilities, number of hours of care, and low wages are determined by Medicaid and legally can't be supplemented or exceeded. Whoa, that's crazy. So you can't like tip them or give them more money. Also, to be eligible for in-home assistance from the state, the disabled person may not have earned income of a very low set amount per month, which of 2022 is $350. In most states, the disabled person can choose who their in-home carer will be, including partners, family members, and friends. So then 
Kaz gives some information about themselves. Um, in terms of private health insurance, uh, as many patients with more complex or rare conditions are familiar, most of the providers I need for my complex and rare conditions do not accept any insurance. Therefore, simply buying private insurance is not a true solution. If I were to purchase private insurance on my state's health exchange, I would retain my Medicaid, which would be beneficial as between 2015 and 2021, Medicaid paid an average of $22,900 per year to my providers. This does not include medications prescribed or administered. I couldn't find data on that. If I purchased private insurance on the exchange and retained Medicaid, those costs would still be covered by Medicaid in the future at no cost to me. If I purchased a PPO plan from the exchange, which costs an average $600 per month or $7,200 per year, then I would be able to submit some of the recommended care costs for reimbursement, but not all. To be reimbursed, first I would have to pay the bills, which means having the money to pay $66,200 in medical expenses per year. Kaz goes on to say that according to the Census Bureau, in 1995, the poverty threshold for one person was $7,763. In 2021, it was $13,788. That is not enough of a difference to account for inflation. Um, they also talk about the Economic Policy Institute's family budget calculator, which chronicles the monthly costs on average for the region where Kaz lives for a household of one adult and no children. And the total comes to $53,074. As stated above, my healthcare costs are significantly higher, which makes my monthly expenses, if I take into consideration what my healthcare providers recommend, a lot different than what the Economic Policy Institute estimates. And then they put theirs at like basically $10,000 to $11,000 a month. The combined effect of all my disabilities means I spend a minimum of 10 hours per week attending and commuting for medical appointments. I easily spend another 30 hours per week recuperating. Kaz goes into what that costs them. Patient advocates that they used who've recommended that they try GoFundMe, but Kaz says, I'm pretty much a nobody on the internet, so raising $80,000 a year for care is simply not going to happen. Oh, we did a really amazing episode with Akila Hughes talking about how she has some internet fame. And when she had liver tumors, she was able to crowdfund her care for her liver tumors. But it just like seemed very Hunger Games to her because you're like literally voting on who can live based on who you like the best. We've literally talked about this before. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, like if I got cancer, God forbid, I could probably, people would more. probably donate to, to save me. But if you're just some random person. I don't know because you do play a heel on a lot of your shows. So like maybe they would, they would. They write back, they go, where can we donate to cancer? More cancer. <laughs> we actually hate Gabby and we would they're love like, this to get worse. They're like, we want, we're voting on how much money to take away from you. Uh, right, exactly. They're like, they're like, and they are using my correct pronouns, but they do hate me. Okay. Um, which a lot of you guys do. Thank you so much for using they, them while you um, rip me apart in the comments. And okay. that's an ally. And that's an ally. Yeah. Uh, Kaz says, some years after beginning to receive SSI, I made a mistake. I got mm. married. My Ooh. then spouse made $100 more than was allowable income to keep receiving SSI, and my SSI was terminated. It's like there's not even real people doing this anymore. Mm. It's like the insurance companies and the government like benefits. It's like, you know what I mean? Like if there, if there was a real human looking at that and being like, it's $100 over. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you have to be like a real, I don't know. Just Right. I know. Um, they also talk about SNAP and they talk about yeah. how SNAP uh, is kind of goes against disability because Kaz says they became eligible to receive SNAP benefits if they work at least 30 hours a ah. week. 
But you, but if you do but that, you, you lose your SSI. Uh-huh. 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 They're trying to um, trick you. Yes. I mean, Kaz puts a lot of math in here. I may just publish, if they would be okay with that, write in and let me know if you're okay. I may just kind of publish this on the Discord or if you, if you, um, Kaz, if you put it on a blog, I'll share it because it has a lot of really great information. Um, also talking about ABLE accounts, housing choice voucher programs, formerly called Section 8. Basically, I mean, they just go, I can't even, they go into so many things. They they researched so much stuff. They said, most of all of this, Wave's hand in queer vagueness, writing has been pieced together from things I have previously written over the past few months as I try to figure out how to fucking save myself. Answer, I can't. So now, here's the thing, you should publish this. But, I guess, they, but, but they, I, can't they can't because they can't, they, they could get their benefits taken away You're by right. mere by mere right. ability to right. do math and write an email. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Which is, yeah, it's horrible. <clears throat> they also presented a counter argument that said, conservatives love to make the argument that people milk the system, and so legislation must continue to make it very difficult for people to access what state social support is available. Is there fraud? Sure. But fraud and ridiculous overspending at the top, committed by members of the federal government, such as that which continually takes place at the Pentagon, amounts to billions, if not trillions of dollars. Right. Using the federal government of 2019, I'm using 2019 because many programs were temporarily supplemented for the pandemic. Here's a breakdown of what was spent by the Fed. And then it's like literally billions of dollars in federal spending. Breaking down the $352 billion in welfare the Fed spent is like just a lot. And then it says, if even half of what is spent on welfare was considered to be fraud, that would still be only $176 billion, which is still only 18.544% of the entire defense budget. Thank you for all of this math, like incredibly, incredibly helpful. And then they, this is how they ended it. I also need to stress that all of what I've written here is solely about numbers. It doesn't go into the human aspect. It doesn't get into anything systemic. It doesn't consider ableism, racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, institutionalization, sanism, abuse, lack of access and support in rural areas, trauma and intergenerational trauma, sizeism, and many more issues that act as barriers between disabled people, quality of life, and care. It doesn't get to the source of the problem. In conclusion, what I have shared is just the tip of existent evidence that this entire system is fucked and that capitalism in the state and most people in general don't care about disabled people. If you got through all of this, yay. I hope it was informative. In solidarity, Kaz. They are in the United States. They don't have experience outside of the United States. And they recommended some websites, which I'll put below. And then they said, I am not affiliated with any site or document I have linked to. It's cool that their name is Kaz. Yeah, I know. Very cool. Because of your name. <clears throat> yeah, I have a nickname that's similar to that. We won't get into it. So, okay. So now I'm going to talk. Let's talk for like five minutes about BuzzFeed. Oh, so boy. Here's, so here's what happened. There's this group of guys that were popular on BuzzFeed. They left. They made their own company. One of the guys cheated on his wife. That's okay. how all of this BuzzFeed stuff started getting more popular again. So then people started talking more openly about their experiences at BuzzFeed because it was back in the news. And I'm talking about the era of BuzzFeed that's 2013 to 2016. And you mean the um, video content. Video content, video right. content. Because that was something I was, that I didn't understand when oh. we started dating because we ran into somebody from BuzzFeed and they were talking about how they liked it a lot and um, they were from a different department. And you're mm -hmm. like, it's, they're actually quite separate. It was like journalism or something. Yeah, BuzzFeed they were news. in the BuzzFeed news. They were in right. the news department. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I worked there. A lot of you guys have been leaving questions for me on TikTok at Dabby Gun. Um, I worked there for like nine months, 
2014 to 2015. Um, I was, someone asked my salary. I was paid about like 50 to 55 K probably around 50 K a year um, as a salary. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. People were saying kind of in Los Angeles, pretty, well, people were saying for LA very low. It's very low, like as a salary, but I guess for like a, I don't know. I have no concept of how big Buzzfeed is. I, uh, I'm just like for a media company. Yeah, it's low for a media company, and it's also oh, really? uh, it's also because it's also um, low considering what we were asked to do. Like we were working so hard, so overtime. Someone mentioned that uh, Keith and Zach on one of the Try Guys podcasts talked about how there was a lot of overworking being done at BuzzFeed, and um, I was like, people were like, "Is that true?" And I was like, "Yes." People worked into the night. People came in on weekends when they didn't have to. We were super encouraged to like overwork ourselves and stay late and like finish our quota of videos. And we that was not for any uh, any more pay. Right. Like the company culture was so cult like and so like we are family. We are everything. Like you were not encouraged to have a life outside of BuzzFeed. You had to do everything in BuzzFeed, mm. and they would bring in food and drink and stuff. So you would stay and work late, all this kind of stuff. Um, and people, uh, like if you hit a video quota, like if you got a lot of views, yeah. they didn't give you, they didn't give you more money. There was like a ceremony on a, on a Friday night where they would give out buttons. What? And people, yeah, dude. And people would get, uh, buttons for like good, good job. And, and, and just, I don't know if you know this, um, but like, in comparison, do you have any idea of like if you hit a certain number of views for them, how much money the company would make? Like, did you ever do that math? No, but a lot more. I mean, look, I was an independent video creator on Just Between Us. When our videos hit big numbers, we would make like a good chunk of change. But the and BuzzFeed videos did 16 times that. Right. That's what I'm wondering. That. Like, it's like they hit a million views they get a More, certain amount. 16 million? Right. Okay. So like, it's like, okay, so a video that you make hits like 16 million, um, which is like- You don't make than, any extra money off that. You don't make any extra money, money, but I'm like, what do they make? I wonder. A lot. Yeah. And here's the but other you get, thing. Wait, on, on the flip side, you get a button. I get a button. And let me tell you, I was so warped by the cult-like experience that I was devastated when I didn't get a button. <laughs> That's fucking Nexium, dude. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was sash. Also, it's like, your little sash. Also, like, people were trying to unionize, and they were like, don't yeah. unionize. And then they were like, we're going to take you to Disney. <laughs> yeah. Like, stuff like that. Well, the thing that you told me that really made me think, oh, that's a bad place, uh, is, well, one, the, the being union busters. Um, Jonah Peretti, you can Google it. Jonah Peretti didn't want us to unionize, and that's public. that's public record. You can look that up. They only recently unionized, I think. I, that was when we ran into that person and they were like, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, I think we're going to unionize or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that was so many years ago. Um, no, but the other thing that you told me that I was like, ooh, this feels like bad is um, the owning of your intellectual property. Um, right, so that's the other thing. No matter what. Like it reminds me of the of the Disney – what they used to with the original Disney animators where it's like anything you make belongs to this company. But you said it was so much so that like if you made like anything, if even I if you didn't it, like, yes, if even if you I didn't give it, it, give it to them. 
No, if I typed it in an email on my work computer, they could own it. So yeah. I started towards the end, I started bringing my home computer into work and using mm. my home computer because if I used, there was something in the Because even if it's on your lunch used, break. If I used any, any equipment from BuzzFeed, they owned it. Yeah. So I was scared to tweet. I was scared to send emails. I was scared right. to like, you know, type anything because they would own it. So I, um, <clears throat> so I would bring in my home computer and work from my home computer. And people were like, why, why are you doing that? And I was like, because I'm paranoid mm. because I don't want them to own, uh, anything that I type. Right. And that ended up screwing a few people. Um, why? Well, because like when Brittany Ashley got fired, she had this really great concept called lesbian princess and she wasn't allowed to take that with her. And it was like all, you know, her idea and her thing. And she wasn't salaried. This is the other thing is that she was not on a salary. So they didn't pay her enough anyway. Hmm. So it was like completely bananas. And they would just dangle maybe hiring her over her head to hmm. fuck with her. It was so insane. Um, anyway, love to Brittany. Uh, you said they also still control your... Facebook so here's page, the other thing. Which is so this crazy. is the thing, right? So let's say I make a video and it gets 16 million views. Um, not only am I not paid for that, they own my image. Right. So BuzzFeed could technically right now put out a Netflix special called The Best of Gabby Dunn using all the clips that I made for them and not pay me a cent. Right. They right. could advert they could right. um, because of a contract that you signed for nine months when you were like 22, they could do whatever they want. Yeah. With your name. Well, good for, good for you my... that you're changing your name maybe. And maybe. you've transitioned. Or changing, my, or changing how I look. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they still use old You're just transitioning so that BuzzFeed can't use footage of you anymore. Yeah. They're, they still use old footage of me for things. Um, and they you know, own your they... Facebook page, don't they? Didn't you try to yes. get it taken down and you can't? Yeah, I have an official uh, Gabby Dunn Facebook page, fan page that um, they own, and I cannot have it back. And you can't get it taken down, right? You tried? No. And they post whatever they want to it. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. That seems illegal. No, I mean, I... I they own it. they own your Facebook page in perpetuity? Like, that's your name. So. That, yeah, can't be, so. that can't be right. I, I don't know. I, I know at one point I tried, my manager tried to get it back from them, and they said no. Um, <laughs> assholes yeah so it's kind of like even you know the thing is is that like you they didn't want you to succeed right even if Britney had taken the lesbian princess concept with her and sold it as a tv show that i mean that would still not take money away from buzzfeed it was this scarcity mindset where they would take things from you because they were like only we can have success so like they yeah. didn't care about you as a person. They didn't care about you as a creator. They didn't care about your success. They, if you weren't with them, they wanted to crush you. So even if Lesbian Princess had become the biggest show on television, right. BuzzFeed is a bajillion dollar company. It would have made a dent. It wouldn't have even made a dent. They probably wouldn't have even noticed. It, it probably would have benefited them. I mean, you see- That's what we were saying. Yeah. Because you go back and start watching Quinta videos. You start right. watching, you know, like- Right. It would benefit them. Allison and I at one yeah. point got cast on a show and we told them that we would have the Chiron on the show say BuzzFeed, you know- employee or whatever and it would get people to look at and we would maybe have to shoot for three days we could do it on the weekend and we would get um eyeballs to buzzfeed they were like no we control what you do on the weekend nice yeah it was like a very i mean you can read all about what i think about it on dabby gun if you on tiktok um and i've just been saying more and more stuff 
But um, I also wrote an article called Get Rich or Die Vlogging, which I wrote years ago uh, that goes more into what it was like for people there. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you write in to Gabby is bad with money at gmail.com, ask me whatever you want. My NDA, people are like, can't wait for your NDA to be up. I'm like, my NDA been up. Wait, there was really an NDA? Yeah, for a year. That's like, so- y'all just didn't. Y'all just didn't ask me any questions. So anyway, if you want to write into Bad With Money, you can do so at GabbyIsBadWithMoney at gmail.com. Also, you can call in at 844-474-4040. You can leave a voice memo if you prefer. We are on Discord, Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon. You can find all the links to those in the description below. Please listen the day the show drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. And ask me whatever BuzzFeed questions you want. I'm happy to answer them. Email them in, babes. Let's do it. Mal, final thoughts? Yes, I'm Mal Blum on all the different platforms, um, and you can listen to my music anywhere you listen to music. And um, my final thought for today is open mouths get buzz fed. Ooh. Okay, bye! Done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.